I'm Mirella. Hello, I'm Zoe. Welcome to the Critical Obsession podcast. Our latest obsession has been a Thai BL called Dangerous Romance. The episodes are free to watch on YouTube. There will be spoilers, so you should definitely go and watch a series before listening to us fangirl girl about it. A little disclaimer, this will contain our personal opinions, random thoughts and theories. There will be cursing and also be aware that topics may be adult in nature and alcohol may be involved. Our laughter will be painful to listen to, but bear with us. Last time we reacted to the latest episode of Dangerous Romance, but now we want to talk about it some more. If you're still with us after all of this, join us on our downward spiral into our obsessions. So we basically open up with them sitting at the dinner table and it's grandma who asks about the football game. And I have so much to say about this scene. Like, because obviously, of course, this is kind of where we see, like, the other side of the kiss. We have grandma who asks about the football. And when asked about the game, like, which is meant to be, like, his his new dream slash purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He instead is, like, literally only thinking about Salom. So, like, my... Yeah, he's really, like, football team, team guy, guy, Salom, 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 Salom. Yeah, he's like a record that's skipping. Um, And it's like, but I just had this idea of like Salom being tied into his dream for his future, which like completely makes sense when you think about it, you know. But I saw a post and this, I'm totally, this is going to go to the end of the episode, but I'm going to bring it back to the beginning. So, but I saw a post on Tumblr and I don't know if you linked it or I linked it or whatever, but it's by um, Here They Be Be Dork. And they mentioned about how tight Kang holds Salom when he, like, agrees to date him. And, like, when he calls him my good boy. And I'm just like, yeah, I just want to giggle whenever I think of that. And they were saying about how they think the more he gets from Salom, the more the lack of his father's interest in him is going to hurt him. Um, and how potentially it's going to break him. And, like, they go on to say some other stuff. And so I don't disagree with their posts specifically. But I also don't agree. So, like... I believe that I, I believe that Kang, when he said Salom has like healed his heart, I believe he meant that. Like, or he's healing his heart. Like in the bathroom scene, I believe he meant that. As this yeah. bit here is all over the place, but I'm bringing it back. <laughs> but I do agree that the loss of that, if that happens in the future, and now I'm like going to bring your anxiety into it as well, um, <laughs> of what he's getting from sure. Salom. This, like, safe place, like, for his heart, if that gets damaged, it will shatter him. This is where, once again, I feel like the dangerous romance ties in really, really well. I think, like, to bring it all back to his future, I kind of made myself sad. And I hope they don't break each other, but I feel like they probably might. I mean, we, we've seen what's coming, and I feel like there, there might be some mutual breaking happening. Because they definitely have the power to do that to one another. Especially, like, the further and further they go into this, the more potential they have for really hurting each other. But hopefully, if they go there, if they are really going to, like, break them, like, I feel like we're also going to see that it'll be them that puts them back together again. And hopefully they'll... Maybe that's why our anxiety keeps growing. Because we see, we feel how much they rely on each other and how much how much their self-worth and happiness depends on the presence and mm. and expectations of the other one. Like if they don't have each other, if they, if the image that they created of the other one in their mind uh, gets altered, 
mm. is going to yeah it'll be devastating <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean look I feel I honestly feel like we're gonna get that I do feel like we're going to it, it would be very yeah. strange for it not to get to there I mean look it would be great it's it's one of those things it doesn't need to be like dramatic in a drama like I kind of hate it when they they create drama when honestly like they don't need to do that like one of the reasons why just to mention another drama but one of the reasons why I quite liked Bad Buddy was because there was never a drama there was never drama between them like they were solid right until the end Mm -hmm. like they had each other's back it was Mm -hmm. the, the drama was the outside world you know um so they had that actually had that bubble thing that's quite similar to um Kang and Salom in that in that way um and they just didn't let other people get in their bubble like they kept them out like right to the end and like so you can definitely do it but we've seen that they're going to try and introduce it however it could be very brief like we could get this I'm I'm like veering off from the actual episode going into something else but anyway (laughs) I'm already leading us down the rabbit hole for a seven hour podcast um but yeah so we could just get like this moment where Salom starts escorting again or whatever or is attempting to head in that direction Kang finds out freaks out because like we know he's going to his like literally head will spin around three times and it'll be a very exorcist moment for him but he is about to like lose his mind for sure but it might just be that like this confrontation that they have that we see in the in the trailer is the moment that kind of solidifies them and actually solves a lot of uh, I had the same thought and it depends on how they do it it depends on how yeah. they have on how this scene ends yeah that's right because if it makes it even stronger yeah if it ends with, because um, I know we've kind of talked about it before and we did we did sort of discuss the idea that, you know, if they actually like physically say were to hook up at this point, I mean, hook up's the wrong word because they're already dating, but you know what I mean? Like if they were, say they were to have like sex for the first time in this instance, it would probably be really toxic or whatever and we were sort of a bit like, eh, we don't really like that. But then I was kind of thinking about it and I was like, we don't know what happens after we've seen in that, what we've seen in the trailer. Like this could actually end up being a really positive scene we don't know we're only seeing what they sh- they're showing us yeah. and also the other thing is uh, the uh, and because because of, of course in my mind my mind's throwing all these things that could totally break them and obviously that's the first one because there's going to be so much kind of backlash in that moment it just depends and which i'll touch a touch on a little bit later um it just depends on whether or not they talk about it and communicate and deal with it in that moment or whether it festers and how you know how and if they understand why the other person is feeling the way they're feeling I had this thought like I was thinking about Salam's character and how rigid he is Mm. he's a very rigid character like I I have seen people in real life and like who are kind of like this and they have these principles that they lead their life by and they think they're doing everything right and most of the time it does look like they're doing everything right but sometimes Mm. by doing the right thing they are hurting uh, the people that love them and they cannot see it they cannot accept this like it's something so strange to them how can a right thing hurt someone I feel like Salom when he does this escorting thing he will not think about Kang's perspective here 
he needs to realize that by doing the right thing, he actually does the wrong thing and he does the wrong thing to the person that he loves. Yeah. In order for him to understand that, Kang needs to... Kang needs to not do this thing that we see so in the trailer because we know how Salome is going to respond to that. He's going to fight back. He's going to put this mask on. He's going mm. to just shut down, shut all the doors, like, and mm. I don't know if I can break through at like with that mm. method. As he's going to have, I ima- I imagine it ending uh, well. The scene ending with something good. If Kang actually. Uh, opens up and becomes vulnerable maybe maybe actually tries to express why this is hurting him so much to if he not, doesn't calm down but maybe if it turns into ugly crying or something and salam sees yeah. how much what I, it actually I, yeah i i was thinking that too because i feel like it we we see this this bit in the scene where it looks like he's reverting to you know pre pre salam kang where like he just this was his this is how he reacted to things that you know pressure or whatever and and stuff that he didn't you know he was uncomfortable he was upset he was whatever um and so anger and violence you know basically and so it makes sense that that is his reaction because it's like it's like he he in that moment is reverting back to his previous self because as far as he's concerned Salom has done the same thing by shutting him out essentially he's no longer the Salom that he thought he was or whatever and so I did think that I did think if he cries or if he like explains himself as to why why this is so damaging to him because so yeah. the thing is, is and you're, you're spot on Salom is going to be like first off his his first thing's probably going to be he doesn't want to go you know he's so transactional in the way he does things that he's not going to want but there's not a transaction between them so he's not going to want to introduce that he's not want, going to want to be dependent financially on Kang and it's the stupidest and I get that it's 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 an integrity thing it's a you know whatever I've been in a situation like that I can understand where he's coming from it's a, you know but you know pr- being prideful is also a sin right so it's like he he will be doing it I probably. Think, I think he might be doing also because of guilt. Maybe he doesn't want to involve Kang because he feels guilty somehow. Oh, like, yeah, I think so too. Especially if yeah, it's yeah. dangerous, if it's like whatever. You know, like he doesn't want to be a burden. That will be a thing, right? But ultimately, I think you're right. I think he's going to go into this thinking purely and simply about himself and potentially Safai and like what he needs to do to fix the the problem because that is what he's been doing for from what we can tell from the little information that we know that has been his role for a really long time probably way longer than it should have been because considering the fact that he's the younger brother um but he fixes the problems and he tries to do it in the way that's most you know has most integrity but also is um like you know like he's thinking tunnel vision about them because he's so used to being on his own in this situation he's so used to not having anybody supporting him or anybody helping him he has to fix the problems that his brother has caused or like whatever so I can see him not even thinking about Kang because you know if you've always been on your own then when bad shit happens you know and the other thing is as well I mean if we've talked about his this idea of his vulnerability and like Kang loves seeing his vulnerability. Like we know, like it's, it's like this thing. He just loves it. Right. But when we, and I mentioned this as well before that 
except for, you know, um, Salom opening the door in this episode for him, he yeah. really hasn't shown any vulnerability to willingly. Yes. Right. And so yeah. this idea of like something bad happens and, and as you said, guilt, depending on what happens with his brother and the family and all the rest of it, this is the other thing that I said, you know, I was saying this, this escort thing could be an issue between them, but the other thing that could fracture them or bring them closer together, depending on the events that lead up to it could be whatever his brother does or doesn't do or whatever or gets arrested for, because essentially that's Kang's family, you know? So but and he he may have as you said guilt over whatever's happened, especially if Sophia does actually do something wrong, you know, like yeah, he'll feel he responsible up. as well. Yeah, he's gonna he he's gonna probably want to keep Kang as far out of it as he possibly can because he doesn't want him to see that ugly part of his life, and he doesn't want him to, you know, at this point I think like Salom is gonna be so used to the way that Kang sees him, and so used to the way that like. Puts him on a pedestal and now... Yeah, and he's not going to want to... He, he's going to be afraid that if he sees, like, really how ugly his... He, like, he, and I'm not saying that his life is ugly, but, like, this is internalised thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm surmising mm-hmm. he has. Mm-hmm. That, like, he... I can see him thinking, you know, like, if he really sees how ugly I am, how, how can he ever love me kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like it, we might actually see that Salom has actually probably way more issues than Kang has. Like, Kang seems to have all these issues, like, up the wazoo, but I wouldn't be surprised as, as this goes along if we start to see that Salom actually has way more issues. And we do kind of get a glimpse of that in the shower scene where he's like, I have nobody. Like, he's yeah. like, he breaks down, you know, in front of uh, Kang and he's just like, I have nobody. Because that's that would be a huge thing as well. Like, he's obviously got abandonment issues. I mean, not saying his parents left willingly, but that doesn't you don't you don't have to they don't have to have left willingly for you to not mm-hmm. feel abandoned. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, we totally went off on a on a weird <laughs> a weird thing. Um which wasn't really where I was gonna go, but <laughs> but yeah, I just I mean I see I see it definitely being an issue because and I you know I uh touch on this again but I uh, later on I've got some notes about it but like it's just there's so much that Kang has put on himself at this point in regards to like what he like how he derives his value for Salom like what he thinks he can do for Salom like how he thinks he can you know be worthy of him because at this point he is like as you said he's put him up on a pedestal he he is in awe of him I feel like half the time and he doesn't even realize it some of the time but and so like when this happens him Salom not asking for help it's it's like he's rejecting Kang's money but that's like a huge part of who he is as well like I mean it's yeah it's it's not like he can not be rich like I mean yeah sure okay he could like disown the family and run away and join the circus or whatever but like he's like it's a huge huge part of his personality and and his like identity is that he comes from money just like it's a huge part of Salom's identity that he's poor and the thing is is like him not going to Kang for assistance on this level he's, he's essentially rejecting a huge part of Kang and like the really interesting thing about this story so far anyway is that Kang hasn't done the same with Salom. Like, the fact that Salom is poor hasn't even really, like, 
you know, when he was bullying him and stuff, like he brought it up a couple of times, but it was more like he was like, it was a thing to taunt him with. He doesn't actually have any thoughts or feelings. He doesn't appear to, do you know what I mean? Like that's, it doesn't have any, he doesn't look at Salom and go, oh, he's poor. Do you know what I mean? Like that's I not. Think he tried, yeah, he tried to use that against Salom because maybe. He thought I he might be ashamed of it. A bit of it because he felt like people that are, that are poor only value of the money in him. Mm. And so when Salom did not do that, did not express the same worldview and did not act the way Kang expected him to, he tried to make him do it. He tried mm. to push this narrative on him, but it didn't work. I think, yeah, I think the other thing it could be as well is that if that avenue didn't work, then he's used it in an attempt to make him feel ashamed because that's the other side of the coin generally, you know. Um, yeah. <clears throat> if they're not, if you know, if people aren't after something, then they're ashamed. Whereas he's kind of in the middle, isn't he? He's in his own little, like, he's not necessarily ashamed of who he is or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, but what we've seen since, like, all of that has stopped we've never seen Kang like you know even really consider the fact that he doesn't have money except for when he's concerned about him and his safety in regards to like the the debt collectors and him not having the money to pay them and things like that and that's that is not he is not looking at that from the perspective of poor him he's poor we're not suitable we can't possibly work together you know like how could I possibly be with someone who's poor or anything like that he's purely and simply looking at it from the perspective of I don't ever want to see him in that position again where he is so broken and like both like emotionally but also physically like he he doesn't want anyone to touch him basically and (laughs) whether that's in violence or like in any other way because this boy is possessive as fuck but yeah so he he's concern for like the discrepancy in their situations and how can he help him is based on like fear essentially and love whereas Salom rejecting it and you know what it could actually okay now I'm just like blowing my own mind (laughs) it could actually end up being from Salom's point of view this could be a really interesting conversation if this is where it goes and actually actually talk to one another if you know this whole reason why he decides to go down the path he does and in the way he does by keeping Kang out of it and everything could be because he's he's working from the same place of you know love and like protection kind of um but just in a different way like from the from the other perspective you know that we were talking about where he's trying to keep him out of it or whatever yeah anyway you know there's so much you know that's coming that i'm super excited about for but also like have major anxiety and i get it you too you do too yeah Major anxiety. But anyway, okay, so <laughs> let me let me go down the other Back to the table. <laughs> um so yeah, so basically um that was sort of like a side point, you know. I was like just yeah, it just had this in my mind that it was all tied into the way he is thinking about his future and then how that all ties into the dangerous romance and what could happen in the future and blah blah blah. So yeah. but there is actually two other points about this first scene that I love so once again I'm gonna go I'm taking we're at a fork in the road and we're gonna go left first okay so (laughs) the first thing I want to talk about is the kiss yeah 
I love how we get to see the kiss in this scene from Kang's point of view in the flashback. And we get these micro expressions from him, which are just so yes. great. And it's yes, just- this little frown, which like like lets us know that he's overcome by emotion and passion, and it's like the puzzle pieces fall into place for him, and you know his own feelings are finally clear to him. And yeah, mm. it's just amazing, amazing, amazing. And once again, it's just flooring me how great these actors are, these characters, and how brilliant yes. the acting in this scene is. But not even just this scene; like the entire show so far has just been like Chef's kiss, like so good. And also watching it a second time made me come to the realization that I personally feel like this scene, you know, I really do feel like this scene in particular is from Kang's point of view. And it makes sense because obviously he's the one who's remembering it. So um, I really like that it actually made this scene hurt me a lot more (laughs) because I remember being amused the first time I watched this scene because you know the friends burst in and it's you know like whatever and even though there was drama sort of happening I remember kind of being amused by the fact that the friends were like you know whatever and especially because guys just like what the fuck's going on he's so suspicious I'm a little bit in love with him I think but like the way Salom like wipes off his mouth as he's walking away like he's wiping away the kiss it just Mm -hmm. leveled me the second time I watched it because I realized it's from Kang's perspective so I was like when I'm thinking about like how he must have felt when he saw that and I'm just like then I was feeling it and I was all in my feels then I was like oh my god my poor baby even in the bit as well where he's just like Salom sort of says to him like why do you I mean I'm paraphrasing again because you know it's in Thai and I'm mm-hmm. not going to directly quote but anyway he paraphr- I'm paraphrasing he's like why did you kiss me and Kang's like what do you mean like why can't you understand he's like you're the smartest person I know. Why don't you get what I'm trying to say? It's like, why don't you understand my feelings? Like, you can feel that frustration. Did you notice he did not look him in the eyes? And he avoided looking at him all the time. Yeah. Uh, he was... The dinner table. And then even with the door, he didn't want to see him. He he was holding the door. I was like, talk, talk through the door if you want to talk to me. Because... I feel like he he knew that if he looked into Kang's eyes, if he saw that need, that pleading for attention, he would not be able to deny whatever Kang needs for him. Like oh it, yeah, it because he loves thing. him already. It's it's a function. It's him his function to give Kang whatever Kang needs, like he this emotional support, everything that mm. Kang expects from him. Yeah, he and wouldn't I, be able to stop himself. Yeah. But I just, like, I'm, like, this whole, like, why don't you get me? And, like, the facial expressions that Perth uses here were just, like, spot on. Yeah. Because he's just, like, I'm, you know, I was just watching it and I, like, had so many nonverbal, like, reactions. I'm, like, yeah. Like, I was just, yeah. <laughs> and I also yeah. thought, like, this moment is really interesting. Because in the other episodes, so at the end of episode six, I feel like that scene was very much from Salom's point of view. Like, once the kiss starts, anyway. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's very much from Salom's point of view. And it was so interesting because the kiss seems so much longer. Maybe because it's like torture. For Salom, it was like torture. And it wasn't a pleasant experience. He was like... See, it's funny because I have completely different thought process to you. But continue. <laughs> he didn't know what to think. He was questioning everything. Mm. And when something doesn't feel right, when you you're not... The experience is not that let's say, pleasant for you. If it's painful, it feels like it lasts longer. 
But for Kang, it was like falling. It was like finally everything made sense. Yeah, well, it's funny. Th- it was funny because I was like, I was super curious, and I felt like saying, mm-hmm. "Okay, hey, listeners, can someone like go watch it and let me know? <laughs> Send us a message." But then I just, mm-hmm. I have zero chill, and so I actually did something. You'll be so proud of me. I went back and I watched it, and I was just like, "Wow, okay." Basically, the episode because I because as I said before, I went and watched. I felt like the scene at the end of the episode from episode six where Kane grabs him and kisses him to when that scene ends because don't forget when that scene ends they're still kissing was so much longer like the entire bit is actually I went back and the entire bit is actually way way shorter but the in comparison so the bit from where like Salom kisses back when it's Kang's memory it's like seconds he he brings it to a close like it was abrupt you know what I mean so it would seem way shorter to him because when we see it, it's funny though, because you were saying like Salon being uncomfortable, but when we see it from Salon's point of view, it was, to me, it was a longer tentative kiss. Like we, we see it and there's like, it's a completely different experience. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm thinking about it, you know, like before I went back and watched, I'm thinking these like seem like two different kisses to me, like for real. And I mean, obviously they probably were, they probably shot them differently and whatever, but that's a whole other, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a whole other, you know, in, in the, in the world of what we're watching. It seemed like two different kisses, which makes sense because it's from two different people's points of view. Um, And I love that so much. I love that this show is giving us so much in the vein of what we're getting where they like switch a point of view or rather switching a mindset or like experience. It's like really interesting. So anyway, I went back. And so the kiss, (laughs) the kiss, the entire kiss in episode seven is about 20 something seconds right it's mm-hmm. not i didn't like fully like do the maths of it i basically was just going like you know one mm-hmm. two <laughs> like i was counting in my head right so and then it's like over a minute in episode six so mm-hmm. you can say okay because they did insert a, insert a bunch of flashbacks which obviously stretched mm-hmm. the kiss out um, mm-hmm. and everything but I'm guessing like we're meant to think that this is happening while they're kissing like Salom is having these thoughts yeah. um, like while he's while while Kang is kissing him because he doesn't have any flashbacks once he starts to kiss him back so we yeah. see in the flashbacks like these things that have happened you know where he thinks like when he first thinks obviously that Salom uh, that Kang has feelings for him when you know like these these different moments like you know when he tells him and 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 so on and so forth and so he slowly gets to that point where he's like he makes his way through that I just said I feel like that's the painful part for Salom but once he decides Mm -hmm. to kiss back he's emotional because we said that you know like he screws his face up all that sort of stuff but he's still he's still kissing back and that bit from when it's from his point of view is almost like 10 seconds longer than the entire kiss we see from Kang's point of view and mm-hmm. it's like we see at the beginning of episode seven, like Kang's memory for Salom, like the part where like Salom actually kisses him back, is like over in seconds. And whereas for Salom, it it lasted a really long time. And so it's such an interesting like dynamic shift of point of view and feeling, and it's such a great way to represent the two polar reactions. Of, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, polar opposite reactions of their feelings associated with that kiss in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. And when we have that flashback, it's with, obviously from Salom's point of view, we remember the moments and feelings he's having and then ultimately his decision to sort of accept Kang and give it a go. And then because mm-hmm. that's what we see at the end of episode six, at least that's how it seems in his mind. But then from Kang's mm-hmm. point of view, it's over so quickly, it's so abrupt, 
he barely got to kiss him before he was like pushing him away and it's so Mm -hmm. interesting to see that their perspectives are so completely different in that moment because if this is meant to be the exact same kiss but we're getting it from their points of view like for Kang it was just like he barely got to touch like as you said like the pleasure um and Mm -hmm. his acceptance or whatever and it was just like ripped out of him it ripped out from underneath him like like a like someone ripping out a rug you know and it's like I wonder if we had seen the kiss in full completion, whether from Salom's point of view, he pushed him away in quite the same way. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, did he really wipe his mouth as he walked away? Did, you know, did he shove Kang away from him in that way? Or did he not shove Kang away until, like, he heard the door? Like, it's different because the kiss is so different. Their perspectives Mm -hmm. of the kiss is so different that, like, I'm, I'm so curious, like, if we had seen the full kiss from Salom's point of view, how it actually ended hmm. do you know does that make any sense anyway <laughs> yeah i guess we'll never know that but it's an interesting point yeah 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 no we won't that's it's for thing. sure it depends yeah the fact that we see it through through kang's point of view changes how things are perceived for sure yeah and from well, Salam's point of view because it's so different than what we saw from salam's point of view it's like i'm just like kang are you being super dramatic here like is this a, is this retelling super dramatic and it also makes that question you know in the bathroom where he says you know like what did you think about our kiss like so much more interesting and especially since we never actually got a fucking answer to that question <laughs> because yeah clearly they both thought completely different things but they both had the same ultimately they had the same end game feeling about it he's so possessive right so like him saying he doesn't like to see him with guy or anybody else like he says that twice in this episode and he's such a little freak like honestly i love it i mean (laughs) it could get toxic really fast but i feel like it's not a bad thing if you don't have anyone in your corner as long as it's equal like as long as these feelings are equal and i feel like for them it's equal as long as salome is into it (laughs) yeah like i feel like it's equal like i feel like they're just as like fucked up and desperate for each other so it's okay but once again, like, this is also where the whole dangerous romance thing comes into it. Because in my mind, like, in a couple of places in this episode, I keep getting pulled back to it. It's so funny. We talked about it and I kind of had, we kind of had that whole, like, uh, why did they do this moment? And lots of people were talking about it on the timeline and on Twitter and on Tumblr and stuff about, like, why they use that name, why they changed it to dangerous romance instead of using the original name. And it's just, you know, because the original one was so much more beautiful and fitting and everything. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the more we're getting into this, like the closer we're getting into what we know is going to be, you know, eventual main drama of the show, I'm I'm feeling like Dangerous Romance was actually very fitting because this romance of theirs can very, you know, potentially be very dangerous for both their hearts and their futures as well. Like we don't know how this is going to affect them. And I feel like there might be some sort of like future like threat to the future as well because um you know they've brought up the whole point about Salom like basically kind of sacrificing his future so that Kang can succeed like realistically I mean it's such an interesting concept because from what we have seen in other dramas and you know things you hear about the privilege and that in Thailand technically Kang could buy his way into university whereas Salom actually needs to work his ass off to to benefit from you know a scholarship or like whatever so it's interesting that they've already sort of touched on that and he's putting it's interesting because they're so desperate for each other and it's a very yeah they could like they could die for each other i mean they're so 
Yes. Into each other that it's, yeah, it is dangerous. Like if something happened to one of them, mm. it's not, it's not one of those romance stories from that we usually see these days where uh, people are quite chill, like, oh, it could just break up. It could just blah, blah, blah. There's, they're 100% into this. Like it's a, it's yeah. a, like this is it's a trope it's the thing that like you know the the big uh love stories yeah, that it's, end it's the, it's the romeo like, and juliet story yes exactly like that is why it feels so it is it is dangerous yeah <laughs> and i mean let's be honest in our hearts of hearts even of the even those of us who are like oh that shit's toxic or whatever like in the deepest part of ourselves we all would love a romance that is this insane because to be intense, like, yeah. yeah, to 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 be this intense with somebody and for it to be mutual. I don't mean like we don't want someone who's like this intense crazy if we're not into it, or, and we don't want to be this intense crazy about someone who's not into us because like that's never going to be fun. That's never going to work out. It's never going to be, you know. And I'm not saying this would either, but like t- this this whole idea of being someone else's whole world is like really really romantic especially when you look at your day-to-day life I mean like we get up we go to work we go to sleep we whatever you know like it's like sometimes you think what's the point like you know what I mean like some people create great totally going off topic here everybody sorry but sometimes people create you know cures for medications or great um discoveries for men or like whatever or maybe just having children is their legacy or whatever but like for a lot of us we just plebs that get up and we're in we're, we're just cogs in the machine so like if you at least knew that like when you go your existence mattered to one person like it's gonna make like you you are actually gonna cut a shape of you out of them like there is you know like there's never gonna be someone else like it's just like but that's not going to fade. sorry that you're not going that you're not going to fade away you're not going yeah but yeah. your relationship your feelings are not going to fade away it's just like it's like burning and it's like if you're yeah. you if you're done purpose. you're done yeah yeah and it's just like and the, the and like and then the romance of that as well this idea of like maybe if it's that internal like if it's that intense could it be eternal as well like you know what i mean this whole idea of like being together forever or something like that it's really it is very very romantic it's not always very practical but I feel like and we talked about this as well that this this is unusual as well because like some people might say oh this is a it's because they're teenagers or whatever it's so dramatic blah Mm -hmm. blah blah but Mm -hmm. I feel like this is actually really unusual for teenagers like this is you know this is not a normal teenage crush relationship this is already very adult the way they're dealing with each other the way they move around each other the way they already respect one another it's really really adult it's special and it's special yeah and they get and each it other is, it's so it funny. is one of those stories where it's like they were made for each other and yeah the universe pushes them together and if they do not end up together they will not be happy they will yeah. not they may not survive yeah can I ask you something? Yeah. Can you read my mind? Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's you're so funny. I was trying to get to that point, and I had in my head like Romeo and Juliet. Should I say Romeo and Juliet? When should I say Romeo and Juliet? Should I say Romeo and Juliet? And then you're like Romeo and Juliet. I'm like. <gasps> <laughs> you know why? It's because we both like literature and stuff, so we have the same like references in our brain. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so you were talking about like this idea of like the tragedy and desperate romance and all the rest of it and how romantic and all the rest of it was. And the other thing that's that makes it the like it's so perfect, but it also fits that whole tortured potential, you know, tortured love thing perfectly as well, is because they get each other the way no one else gets them. Like they understand each other so fully and yet they're also the ones who misunderstand each other because mm-hmm. they're not communicating or whatever. Like it's like it's like they've got to this point where they feel like they they both and they're both exactly the same. It's not like I don't feel like it's just Kang who feels like this or just Salom. Like they are both exactly the same person in this, mm-hmm. I feel like. So like it's like Salom is like so Kang is like, I don't understand why you don't understand. <laughs> like he's like, yeah. you know, you know me, you know how I feel, you know my feelings, you know yeah. the way my brain works. Like, and they're both like that. Which is why yeah. I feel like Salom gets so pissed when um, you know, Kang starts bringing Pimfara into it and all the rest of it is because he, it's like it came from nowhere. Like it came from nowhere yeah. for us, but also came from nowhere for him as well. So like, yeah. I think it came from nowhere for Kang as well. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but like it's like they have these moments where they just get each other so wholly and interesting intrinsically that they like just fit together perfect. And so mm-hmm. they expect each other to to do that all the time. And it's just not possible, especially when they're not communicating properly or when one person is acting a certain way, like for example, Kang flirting the fuck out of you know himself with uh mm. salom and then talking about like oh, i'm in love with Pimfar, like two conflicting things like how do you read that you know what i mean like it, and especially if you're unsure of yourself and if you're unsure of your own feelings or your own like position in that person's life like yeah you Status. you know you start to have doubts and misunderstand and all the rest of it and so of course they're both like so perfect because they really get each other. They really understand. They understand what the other person. Ne- I think what it is, I actually think what it is, is they don't actually get each. Like, okay, I'm going to scratch what I just said. <laughs> don't cut it out though, because it still works. But I feel like they don't get each other necessarily, like in terms of how they function, like what they're always thinking or like feeling or like whatever. Like they ha- they they're pretty good. They they're pretty close most of the time. But, you know, a lot of these times you need need to use your words or you need to, you know, use your actions, whatever. But what they do get about each other is what the other person needs. Mm -hmm. Like they really understand. They like see concepts of each other. They understand concepts of each other. And then they need to, based on that concept, they judge each other and try to understand what is happening, why they do the things that they do. Yeah, I wonder if because we know they have the friends involved and the friends know them very well, you know, I wonder if they will end up helping them understand each other more. Because, for example, Otto, Otto can help Kang understand Salom better. Mm. Because I feel like Otto is able to understand both Kang's and Salom point of point of view, and maybe also Pimfa. I had a thought about it, like. If they introduce them and it's like they are in the circle, they address this, they they, are, they see everything, they kind of get involved with their approval and everything. Will they have at some point some conversation where they try to help them? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's definitely in the realm of possibility because, you know, like they're they're a part of it now. They're a, they're, they're a part of their bubble, so to speak, you know. Um, yeah. 
and so that may be if when there is if there is conflict in the future or whatever they may may help assist with that especially if they can see that like what they what they mean to each other and what they could be to each other like they they're gonna see it's worthwhile so they they may may get involved but yeah I just it's 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 an interesting concept this this whole idea of being like perfectly matched in that you know this person needs this and this person needs to give that to that person like that is their that's how they function the two of them yeah. you know and what this other person needs this person needs to give that to them you know so like like you we were saying like this whole idea of Kang needing this emotional support from Salom and Salom needing like this just like just support basically like almost like rescuing kind of and they they completely get that part about each other like they understand that and they get them they get that but it's the it's the it's all the rest of it it's like the messiness of like real life that gets in the way um and so it's so interesting to me that they get each other so well but yet they misunderstand each other and also these misunderstand this like misunderstanding that happenings this like um confusion and 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 hurt that comes from that is even worse because like this is the person that it matters the most for so like they have that you know capability of like really really once again hurting the other person even if it's intentional so that's where I was going to go with what we were talking about before but anyway so moving along (laughs) I want want to say that it's funny how we have this thing uh, a conversation at the table and the grandma asks about the game and again we have this metaphor with uh, the game and Kang says we won. I even came close to scoring a goal myself, but my teammate took the shot. But there are plenty more chances. And I feel like basically that's how that's what happened to his relationship with Salom at this mm. moment. Oh, like, yeah. Salom's heart is his. Salom is there with him at the table in his house. He did not leave. He's still there. There's no... We don't see him packing his bags or anything like he expressed his feelings towards Kang Kang basically knows that Salom is hurt because because he made him misunderstand his own feelings Mm. so he won like he even came close to scoring the goal himself he tried to do something there it did not work though Mm. but you know there are plenty more chances he's going to yeah. try again. Well, I mean, it's it, that's definitely it's definitely a metaphor because I love how he says that and he's just like, I have more opportunities to score or whatever. And like Salom just like runs away. <laughs> <laughs> like he freaked him like the fuck out and he just like takes off. I do talk about that in a minute. I will get to the table the dinner table eventually. But I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna skip forward to the bit about how we're going back to the flashback of the kiss. Um, and mm-hmm. I just, I do love how like Kang just lets him leave the bathroom because like, I feel like he was, we saw how aggressive he was like at the beginning of that scene um, where he, you know, drags him off, drags him to the bathroom. There's a lot of manhandling going along. Um, he's, you know, he's very possessive and controlling when that scene starts. And so I love how he just lets him go. It's like, especially cause you know, he desperately doesn't want, Salom to leave like you can see he doesn't want to let him go but he's like he respects him enough I guess not to go there in front of his friends or maybe it's not respect maybe it's fear driven I don't know I, because it's so interesting I feel, like, I feel like he understands that Salom needs, needs that conversation 
he mm. needs the truth he needs to know his mind and he right at that moment he was not able he, maybe he would have gotten there maybe he would have said things if the friends didn't get involved yeah i feel like he knows like, him enough once again it's, it's that part of thing where he knows him enough to let him go and i feel like it's a kind of a respect for him not to push it i guess but it's so interesting because he's just so different like different later on like once Salome accepts him or at least gives him a taste of acceptance by opening the bathroom door like now we're at the bathroom door in the bed in the house he's just so much bolder like so I mean it could have been a little bit of fear as well but I feel like it was mostly respect and also it, it I feel like in that moment he doesn't it's like kind of what you're saying too but he doesn't know how to get Salome to listen to him and understand him like he's just tried his version of words which were like not really like I don't like seeing you with anybody else like that's not really <laughs> that clear um <laughs> and and also he's tried with physical action by kissing him and now he's just he's lost it's like he feel like he, I feel like he feels like he failed a little bit as well so he's regrouping you know like he's like okay now all right let's try again. and score again yeah. yeah and then to go back to the dinner table like I know in this scene, it's not important to the characters who are actually in this scene. It's, it's like, not important in this moment to Kang and Salome because this moment at the dinner table is very much about them and their intimacy issues. I'm like, yeah, let's call, let's call it intimacy issues. That's not really the right word, but, you know. And Grandma's, like, trying to interact with them. Um, and now Salome is getting ready to run and Kang's getting ready to, like, throw down. But, like, this scene isn't about what I'm about to say. But the fact that in this scene when Kang has had this sort of, I guess, big moment for him, this football game, whatever. Grandma has acknowledged it by bringing it up at the dinner table. And although we see his dad is, like, there with a stupid grin on his face and, like, nodding along to whatever grandmother's saying or whatever, he doesn't actually say anything. There's no words of encouragement. There's nothing. Clearly, Kang is upset or distracted or conflicted. There's something going on there because, like, Grandma even sort of questions him about it by saying, like, did you lose? Um, mm-hmm. because he seems so conflicted about his response mm-hmm. and like his dad is just silent he's just sitting there grinning like a fool and it's just like his silence in this moment for me was so deafening like I guess it was made even more like I don't know kind of how to express it but kind of stark in the difference because it's like he's totally not needed there he doesn't belong there he's not a part of this family interaction like he's just He's literally just an extra in this scene. He could be a doll or a dummy. Like, they don't need him for this scene at all. And I'm not saying that, like, as a direction, like, from the director to the actor, like, he didn't need to be used. I'm saying, like, literally in this moment in their lives, he's not needed. Like, he's an extra in this moment. And it's like... In fact, even the thing that, yeah, even the thing that Kang says, like, this whole thing with the game, I scored, whatever, I feel like it's addressed to Salom. It's a bit addressed to Grandma. But it's not in no way it's addressed for to Kang's father. Like he yeah, knows even, nothing from what yeah. he said will we'll get to his father. Nothing. Well, it's like I, I must admit I didn't actually pay pay too much attention to like Kang Kang's response in regards to whether or not he's acknowledging his father even exists in this scene. But I feel like he doesn't. Like I might need to watch it again. But I was just so taken back by the father that I I wasn't actually paying too much attention to Kang in regards to mm-hmm. like his whether he's actually, I don't even know if he even looks in the father's direction, if I'm being honest. Like, I, I need to watch that because now I'm curious. I don't think so. Like, it's grandma and it's Salam and it's all yeah. that exists at the moment. That's right. And I feel like, I, it's, it's like I'm saying, like, he's an extra in this moment. And I feel like 
he's like that in Kang's life too. And it's so fucking sad. Like, it's like the more we get along in this, the more I'm starting to sympathize and be afraid and be scared for Kang. And it's so funny because I feel like we're meant to be concerned and scared and, you know, want all the best things for Salom. And don't get me wrong, I totally do. Like, but I feel like we're meant to feel that way because of his situation, but also Mm -hmm. because of how Kang feels. Like, Kang wants all those things. But I feel like I'm just like, Kang, oh, my God, you're breaking my heart. You know, like. Kang doesn't actually care in this moment. Like it, this, this doesn't have anything to do with him in this moment. He does not even know. I feel like he does not even really know his father's sitting at the dining table, like for real, and, which is so interesting knowing their dynamic and everything. But this whole moment is for him is about Salom. Like the fact that, you know, grandma would probably be invisible too, but it's just because she's actually verbally interacting with him, that she's present in this moment with him. Whereas the father's lack of presence means like, why the fuck did he even bother coming home? Like, I'm like, why have dinner with them at all? Like, why don't you just keep working? It's or like, do, can or do gave up on his father doesn't it feel like this yeah it does it does and it's like yeah and i feel like he's i just just, like want to say to him like why don't you why don't you just keep working like why don't you just keep doing whatever the fuck it is you do when you're not at home because i feel like in this moment he's literally just there for the food and that's it and i'm just like fuck him (laughs) 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 and i got like so angry but anyway okay Yeah. So that's what I meant when I said I had like so much to say because like, I really wanted to talk about the kiss, the memory of the kiss, but I also wanted to talk about how angry his father made me. And as I said, like I know in that moment, like for the characters, it doesn't mean anything. Like you could tell, like as I said, he, it means nothing to Kang in that moment. Like he's just like whatever. He is so preoccupied with with Salom, he just doesn't give a shit. But it's like I was so angry on his behalf, like for real. Okay, but moving along, I love the bit as well when it comes to the bathroom door, like when he go, like he basically is like <laughs> chasing after um, Salom at this point. Like he's so bold because we talked about earlier about him not really following through and stuff like in the kiss in that, you know, like and 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 things like that. Like he really wasn't being very clear. I mean, he thinks he was being clear, but he wasn't. And you know, like yeah. Salon was avoiding his eyes and, and all the rest of it. And like everyone else we, we talked about, I think at the end of episode six and the critical discussion for episode six, we discussed how brave Pimfar was in that episode and how brave Salon was in that episode. And Kang, like just, he really wasn't, you know, I mean, he was a little bit in the end, yeah. but like not really, yeah. but like and this he's... is episode where he is brave. Yeah. yeah. Here when he expresses his feelings and also later when he says when he tells Otto uh, well he when he responds why he's trying to be friends with them. Yeah. When he but responds even that, but like feelings. even this even the bit where he rescues Otto as well like this whole episode he was yeah. super brave oh, yeah. like yeah. He was, and he was so bold. Like after episode six, like I guess I don't know, bold is the right word. But here, and compared to everyone else in this episode who was super bold and brave in episode six, he really wasn't. But like in this moment, it more than makes up for it. I mean, like he's so brave in this moment, like standing outside Salom's door in when he's in the bathroom. Like he just lays it all down there. Like, and I feel like he's so endearing in the scene when they're yeah. in the bedroom talking as well. Yes, I just love like, and I, I mean, I did that whole you did that really cool mum post about the bathroom scenes and that in on Tumblr and Hey, for anyone listening, we have a Tumblr account. It's um, critically OBS, um, which is also our Twitter handler. If you're into that as well, but yeah, you did that whole bathroom post, which was really interesting. And then I responded to it and we talked about this scene like at length. And I really don't know that I've really got much to say beyond what we've already said in the post i mean we could read the post but i feel like if anyone's interested they could go and have a look but did you have anything that you wanted to say specifically about this particular scene between them 
I thought it was funny how Kang first tries to go to the uh, outside door Mm. and Salome is like trying to, you know, pretend that he's asleep or something. And then when he hears that Kang went away, he looks up, he looks at the door and he's like, no, like he knows Kang well enough to know that it's not going to just, he's not going to just let it go. And so it was so funny when he realizes that Kang actually goes through there. Bathroom though his face is like he would not dare. Yeah, it's I find it I I found this part of the scene like oh it's funny because you know like you're like this is amusing and we totally talk in in like quite in depth and like with theories and stuff in the Tumblr post but like just while you were talking I was just thinking about this scene and I it, I did have a thought about it previously but I'm just gonna I'm gonna bring it back because it's it's really kind of amusing to me but also I'm like kind of interested slash confused so he goes to the bedroom door and like i'm going to assume he can't because let's face it a door has never stopped kang so i'm assuming he can't get in that way because the door is locked right so and kang and and salom seems really safe and confident like pretending he's asleep in his bed like he's like (laughs) he can't get to me i'm just i'm all right like i i can you know survive another day without being you know (laughs) having to like actually make a decision and then when he realizes, as you said, he's going to the bathroom, he's like, oh, shit. He jumps up and runs to the door because he knows he can get in through there. So th- this, to me, is like one of two things. One, there is no lock on that door between the bathroom and the bedroom, which is weird because it's shared with another bathroom slash bedroom like user. Um, mm-hmm. Or he didn't lock that door, which subconsciously means that he was leaving the door open to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like he, mm-hmm. he, you know, so either I, I really want to know, I, I'm hoping we'll get a scene like in the future where like maybe Kang is pissed off or something and not Kang, uh, Salom is pissed off and he'll like lock the door because I want to know if that door has a lock on it or not, because if it doesn't, well, first off, that's interesting, but if it does, <laughs> then he consciously didn't, you know, or unconsciously didn't lock it. So it's like, it's interesting, but I love that like, oh shit moment he has and he just like bolts for the door. Yeah, it was, it, it was very funny, but. Another thing that I find funny is how <laughs> I feel like when Kang says, if you open your heart to me, can you open the door to me? It's like the creators of the series are directly telling us, guys, guys, watch out for the door stuff. It actually means something. You I know? Know. It was like high five, but correct. <laughs> it's like you felt, I felt validated. Did you feel validated? Yeah. <laughs> Our existence has been validated. <laughs> um now we just need to get them to address the bathroom thing again although i feel like <laughs> the fact that they keep like adding the bathroom stuff to it we're pretty much on the right track i remember like just when i'm thinking about this um my response to a post on tumblr tonight from um kess the north face which i think i sort of was trying to explain earlier on and i don't know if i really did it the way i wanted to but yeah basically um she I was guess. sort of mentioning yes <laughs> yeah she was sort of mentioning the fact that you know um about what was going to happen you know um to this idea of when money comes back in and like you know uh, being able to buy um salon salon being for sale and um like how king king's gonna react to that and i was just like you know is he gonna regret that i'm feel i feel like yes and yeah his words might get thrown back yeah um, I want to say I want to say the uh, the um, sentence he is hoarding all these moments and bits and pieces of knowledge and he wants them all for himself. I'm in love with it. 
I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tattoo this somewhere on my body. Like I'm seriously considering it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Thank you. Like Um, for anyone who's listening, you guys should actually really go and check out Tess and North Face's uh, Tumblr account. She's writing some really interesting stuff. Yeah, <laughs> basically, she she wrote like in, in this particular post. I think she wrote like about five lines, and I was like, "Oh yes, I must respond." And she triggered all this stuff, all these feelings, and all these thoughts. And at the end of it, I was like, "Wow, okay, I don't have anything to talk about. We can't record. Tonight. I'm done." <laughs> um, but it turned out I actually had a lot to say. So, yeah, but I mean, we were just I just sort of responded something I mentioned along the lines about Kang losing his mind because you know once again he's jealous (laughs) he's like super super jealous but we were talking about like this earlier as well about this whole issue about Solom trying to solve everything himself you know like not going to Kang for help when like honestly that would be the most simple I mean we don't know the circumstances we don't actually know what's going to happen I mean this show has been really good at surprising us so it may be a situation where like he really honestly truly without any sort of negative connotations, feels like he cannot go to Kang for this. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe something that Sapphire does has already, like, damaged Heard them it. in some way, so he feels like he couldn't yeah. possibly, like, impose on them any more than he already is or, like, whatever. Yeah, because, so- you know, I had this thought, you know, some some podcasts ago we had this conversation about what if Sapphire does something to the family and if if that happens, like, Salom might not be welcome in that house anymore. But then I thought, you know, it might not even be that. Like, if Saifad does something to Kang's family, Salom, <laughs> being the way he is, he will not want to stay there. He yeah. will feel guilty. He will feel responsible. He will be the one to leave, even they, even yeah, if they try he would- he would feel uncomfortable yeah and maybe feel like he's not welcome i feel like it's like we were we were talking before and i don't think it was in the podcast i think it was a conversation we had before we started recording but we were talking before about like if something bad happens in that house like if grandma is around like grandma is way more understanding like i feel like if if safai did do something and even if he like you know stole from grandma or whatever like mm-hmm. grandma is not gonna hold Salom responsible for that neither yeah. would right yeah. in this in instance like i feel like kang has kind of got a rough idea about what's going on i feel like that's why we get that we sort of got a bit of a side eye at the end of the episode when um suffice turned up like i feel like kang was like gauging how he should react based on how um salom reacts you know and when salom's sort of like uh-huh, kang's like okay well we're all right for now <laughs> but i feel like i feel like if Sal- if salom had been like you need to leave like kang would have backed him but like i feel like if salom is like oh, okay we'll see what happens kang's like okay well, we'll see what happens i feel like he knows him well enough to follow his lead and also to realize to follow salom's lead on you know what to do and how to deal with sapphire but i also feel like he knows enough like he's got the rough idea of the bigger picture that he's looking at in regards to like how they got to the place that they're in you know like it's 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 clearly not salom who's like causing drama basically so um, i feel like kang is aware of the the situation so i feel like if 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 Sophia did something kang's not going to hold him responsible for it unless something actually happened to grandma not not like you know something was taken but like physical harm to grandma yeah. like i can feel like i don't think he would blame salon but i could understand him being like 
angry and in general yeah. yeah and then and yeah. it just sort of like overflowing in his direction but I but whereas we were talking about the father like I can completely see the father misjudging like, yeah like tarring them with the same brush so to speak that's a really yeah. old-fashioned saying but like basically painting them the same because I feel like he is very I was saying this earlier he's very us and them like he sees he sees Salom and he sees Salom as the poor kid who's tutoring his, mm-hmm. you know, the scholarship kid who's tutoring his son. Like he doesn't see him as like his son's, just his son's, another one of his son's friends or whatever. Like that's not how I think he sees him. Yeah, he doesn't even see his son for who he is actually. Well, true. Do you think he'd see someone else, like someone like <laughs> True, true. Excellent point there. <laughs> how preeminent the tutor student dynamic is this in, in this episode have you noticed like it's it's so present Salom giving Kang a, t- a task testing him Kang follows Salom's lead a lot of times uh, in this episode like when he for example gives up his seat when he goes to save Otto because Salom is the first one who tried to go there when like there's a lot of moments I forgot some of them, but th- this is basically what happened. What's happening in this episode, and I feel like it's so funny how at first he tries to get closer to Salom's friends by judging them um, as if they're like Salom. Mm. He he's trying to do the same thing, the same thing that kind of worked with Salom with the friends, but it doesn't really work because Salom is special. <laughs> he is a bit different and well i love i love how salom is just like you can't get you can't buy my friends and then otto's like give me all the money (laughs) he's like buy me give me air conditioner i will eat all the food like totally you you know and and i feel like probably that would have been enough like it's like when when they're in the bar we're just jumping ahead again now but when they're in the bar and he's still angry at um max i think it is and he says what it says to him you burnt my ticket and he's like oh my bad i'll buy you a new one and suddenly he's like oh yeah that's all right let's do that it's all good good boy and um yeah and then he calls him good boy too and i can't help but draw, draw the parallel between that and the bit at the end when um salom calls uh kang my good boy because my mom keeps going to me. my mom was watching this as well she's like i don't know you know 70s but anyway she's loving it um <laughs> and she keeps saying to me because like obviously we've got this secondary couple happening uh between well at least it definitely heavily seems like that's what's going to happen between um yeah. guy and Nava. Nava, Nava, i think and <laughs> but my mom keeps saying are you sure that like Auto and Max aren't gonna have something. I'm like, I'm pretty sure like that Auto likes girls because he's obsessed with like that singer or something. But that doesn't. Necessarily, I mean, you you can be gay and still like be obsessed with a musical or famous person. So I don't think that really necessarily matters. But I don't know. I'm just like, I don't really see it. And I was like, oh, they totally should. They'd be so cute. I'm just like, oh my god. Okay, this is where I get it from. <laughs> I'm like, let's make everybody gay. No, okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> and so. I'm like, I, I don't really, I, when I say that, I don't mean that. I think everybody should just love everybody because it's way more fun. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't think there necessarily needs to be labels. I'm like, let's just all be in love. It's funny because what I was saying was, you know, like he totally could have like essentially bought him, but then he does this thing, this really big thing where he helps Otto and like he didn't need to, he didn't have to. He could have just hung back and like 
you know, let him become somebody else's problem or whatever. And yet he didn't. He he essentially sacrificed himself for Salom's friends. Um, he takes responsibility. Yeah, because he's the one who brought them there. Yeah, but and it, and it's and it's like the kind of probably the worst time for him to do that because once again we get that whole scene with the father and yeah we'll we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like we we're talking about you know Salom solving problems himself and it's like I don't understand why he wouldn't I mean I do but I don't understand why he wouldn't just ask King for money monetary assistance if he needs it but then as I said we don't know the circumstances around what's going to happen and there's a lot of pride I guess in there as well but it's like he doesn't even need to ask King for like he money he could ask him just like for help brainstorming come up with a different plan you know but deciding to escort again if that's what happens and everything it, especially if they're dating, I feel like that would be enough to upset you because, I mean, like, okay, Selom may have lines drawn about what that actually means in terms of, like, you know, I'll do this job, but I'm literally just going to have, like, dinner with these people or whatever. Because, obviously, there are escorts that don't have sex with people. They literally they go on dates and that's it. But, like, even dates, do you know what I mean? Like, if, if they're boyfriends, then, like, that's kind of... You have to be really... Especially for someone who's that possessive as Kang is, that's not yeah. something it, he's going to accept. I feel like, you know, like, I, I'm I'm all for, like, you, you know, no one owns you. Your body is your own. Like, even if you're in a relationship, like, whatever, you own your own self. You you have your, your own um, designation and discrepancy to control your own destiny. And so, like, no one can tell you, like, you can't do this or you shouldn't do this, especially, like, not when it comes to your own body and stuff. But I feel like if you're in a loving relationship with somebody and you respect that person, this is, even if it's just dating, like, you're literally just having meals with people or whatever, I feel like this is a conversation that you would have with your partner. Like, you wouldn't just fuck off and do it because that shows such a lack of respect and consideration of the other person's feelings like and let's face it in this respect king is probably not mature enough (laughs) for that kind of relationship in that he is so possessive and so like you know and let's be honest look at how salon was with pimfa like he was he tried to do the right thing and everything but like he was still fucking heaps jealous like i keep swearing a lot i'm really sorry i'm feeling very passionate i think we did warm for swearing i think i feel like we warmed warned for profanity but um, yeah, he's like not in a position to Kang. I mean, to accept that. But like he, I feel like if this is the path they're going down, probably Salom didn't actually even have that conversation conversation with him. The things that he considers issues in his life are so big for him and blinding, and they control so much of how he acts and what he does and why he does things that he does not have time to think about other stuff like how Kang would feel about this he did yeah. I don't think he considers this I, I mean I can I can understand that on one hand because if if he does this because like for him if he doesn't it's a life or death situation him not considering Kang's feelings like considering his as you said he, the way he normally moves the way he's always moved it, it makes sense for his character but at the same time it still doesn't mean that it's the right thing and it still doesn't mean that Kang doesn't have the you know, um, yeah, no, he will fuck up. He will fuck up. Like he looks like he's perfect and everything. He will fuck up. Yeah, he's and like he those. 
like um, it's like those you were talking about it earlier, and it just reminded me of like a superhero or something. For 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 example, who has this like moral compass where like even they don't they never want to hurt anybody. Like they will never kill anybody. They will never like whatever or like. And so what what ends up happening in that situation always somebody they care about or someone who's like equally important to somebody else ends up getting killed because they let someone go who really deserved to like either die <laughs> or at least be put somewhere where they <laughs> could never interact with another human again like and it's this as you said it's like it's the most drastic version of what you're saying like it, yeah because you know, he's an all person and obviously but so his his idea of trying to do the right thing or whatever to the to the um extent of like blinding him to anything else yeah, is is going to cause issues for the He's going to have to become more flexible. Yeah. I feel like at this point, like, and it's easy to say that the money isn't an issue for Kang because, of course, he has money. So, like, of course it's not an issue. But it's, like, he's going to have to – there's probably going to have to be a give in that as well because I feel like, from Salom's point of view, I mean, he's going to have to accept that that's just part of who Kang is. And not mm. and not judge him for it a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he is judging him. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that Kang isn't doing exactly what he says. Like in this episode, he talks about how like, oh, you're always trying to buy people or like you know control people with money or like make mm-hmm. people like you with money and all this sort of stuff. I mean, like that's not really a great thing to say to somebody you like. I mean, I get that he does do that and things like that, but at the same time as well, like you can you can feel the judgment. <laughs> like I can feel harsh. the judgment. That's harsh. Yeah, yeah that's pretty hard, hard to say. And it fits his character, though, because he is like this. He believes in his principles. Like, it fits. It just, it's just the, like, I, yeah. It's like this character who seems so perfect at the beginning, but then you understand that if you had someone like this in real life, he, in real life, he would hurt you at some point. Mm. Like, the way his decisions in life would hurt uh, the closest people to him. Yeah. At some point, in a way or another. Yeah, I feel like in this situation, and it's like, and I mean, I said this sort of earlier when, you know, don't get me wrong, I love Salom, I totally do, I love them both, but, like, I feel like Kang is a much easier person to love. Like, if you were in a relationship, if you were in this relationship and you were Salom, it would be way easier to love Kang, whereas I feel like it would be easy to love for Kang to love Salom, but it's going to be way harder. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. he's he's the one who's throwing up these walls and doors and like whatever else. Yeah, he will have to compromise. He will be the one who will compromise most of the time. Yeah, Kang. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah. So I'm just like, so as I said, if they, you know, like together, and he, he I understand him being pissed if something like this happens because you know, as I said, I feel like it's at least a conversation that should happen. And if they're not together for some reason, like I don't know, maybe they split up or which, like, I'm just getting anxiety just even saying it. But like, say they do, but they're still on good terms or whatever. Like he, his whole sense of self worth is tied into like and self-value is tied into like what Salom thinks of him and what he expects from him. And, you know, if Salom's like undervaluing himself so much and he's not even considering that Kang can help him, like it's like he's so undervaluing not only himself, but Kang as well. And I feel like that's going to hurt Kang more than, than like, can you imagine, can you imagine if he says the thing, remember in the first trailer, he said something like, and we had this moment that we are, dreading <laughs> with the escort thing and in the new trailer we don't have this but in the first trailer Salom says something like yeah I only used you for the money yeah 
Can you imagine? Like he could say that. He could say that, and in that moment, yeah. But I feel like I feel like Kang is. It's. I feel like that would be one of those bobs that, like, you know, you might if you were so if you were so long, you might try and throw out there. But I feel like Kang is intelligent enough to know that that's a load of bullshit because he knows that part of Salon. Do you know what I mean? Like he understands. Like he might. Well, and it's Hope funny. So. Because, I hope that I hope his faith and his knowledge of Salom is stronger than his doubting himself. Yeah, I feel like this is the problem, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, I feel like he knows that about Salom. So I feel like it's it's one of those things, and this is what always happens, and this is why dramas are dramatic, right? Because like in the real world, like we're having this discussion and everything, and like in your intellectually, you can understand something. Like, so he could completely understand that you know, Salom acting this way is completely fitting of his personality. It fits his upbringing. It fits his whole life. Like it's really hard to, to change these ingrained habits that we, we create for our, ourselves, you know, as we grow up or whatever. So like, okay, we look at um, Salom's past and we don't know exactly what's happened, but the parents died, we're assuming. And so there's like a sense of abandonment that comes with that. He's only had his brother who, like, for what we can tell is fairly useless. He's had to grow up really quickly. He's had to be really responsible and, like, you know, work really hard, save, you know, be, be you know, studious, be all of these things. And, you know, like, here's Kang who's basically like, lean on me. Let me help you. Let me make things better for you. Make, make them more comfortable. Let me love you. You know, let me be there for you, which is, like, all things he's not had, right? Even like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like this metaphor, you keep talking about metaphors and we're talking about like the, uh, you know, the dancing, the doors, the whatever. But the, the other metaphor that's really keeps coming, I keep coming back to as well, is like that first night where he's in the house, he's in the rich house and he can't sleep because it's too, the bed's too comfortable. It's too, the air conditioning's too cool. It's too quiet, yeah. you know, like he's not used to these things and it's really hard to get used to things. And the other thing is, is, it's also really easy to get used to these things if you've never had them before, um, especially if you're in love and you're having fun and all the rest of it. But there's like, there's a huge, going to be a huge chunk of him that is going to be like deathly afraid that at any moment it can all go away because he, you know, you assume that maybe, I mean, I, I'm, well, I'm assuming that the debt has been created by Salom trying, not Salom, uh, by Sapphire trying to uh, raise Salom and like you know exist after the parents have died for all we know maybe that they weren't the parents weren't like rich but they weren't poor either you know like and so mm-hmm. so 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 Salom may have had like a nice childhood you know what I mean like he may have had uh you know a loving warm never had to worry about like where the food came from or if you know like debt collectors were going to knock on the door or I mean we don't know you know but like he could have and then that you know, in a blink of an eye, that's all gone. And so it could happen again. So like as Mm -hmm. much, even as he trusts Kang and he loves him and all the rest of him, he's so like, his existence has been so, yeah, he's so traumatized by his like upbringing to a certain extent. It's shaped him in a way that's really hard to like change. Um, He's afraid to rely on him because he knows that he cannot really rely on anyone because anyone can disappear on him. Yeah. Or disappoint him or whatever. And this is the thing, right? And so, and of course, that's like the thing that Kang wants the most. He wants him, he wants to be that person for him. And so 
like but he wants that total trust yeah and that's really hard i feel like it's i feel like it's going to be a a, probably a reveal or some description or something where um salon may actually realize like that it's actually really easy for him to accept this new existence that they're slipping into but that Mm -hmm. how dangerous that is to him and maybe he pulls back a bit and that's where we get the you know him going to do the escorting instead of like turning to him or something instead because he's ultimately afraid that you know as i said earlier if he sees gets a true glimpse at like how ugly and dark like their their true existence is he may not you know stick around or whatever and i mean you look at it as well like how they started out and even the stuff with pim far like i can understand Salom being like how sure are you about this you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah so even him not wanting to tell anybody in the beginning you know, like his friends only know because like they're not stupid. So, you know, and even when like sell so when they're in the club and Kang wants to slow dance and all that and Salom's like, you know, what about if your friends work it out or find out or whatever? And, and Kang's like, I don't care. That would be amazing. And Salom's like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's just even that is, yeah. So yeah. I, I just feel like with the, the as I said, the thing that'll hurt him the most is that Salom doesn't come to him for help. Like I just feel like if he didn't expect that Kane could save him or help him or whatever, it, it, that's how. Even if that's not Salom's motivation for that, that's how Kang will see it because his self worth or his I, whole idea of self, um, or whatever is so, like low, and like he gets bolstered by this fact that he can be there or do these things for you know salom has these expectations of him or whatever it's like it's 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 becoming like his whole reason for existing at this point like he he lives for it and that's represented so well in that scene where they hug and kang thanks him yeah he's so desperate like thank him for giving him hope and a reason to leave basically like just yeah thank you for like accepting me yeah so but it's like and then of course then because this is a thing like this that's that's it isn't it that's the that's the peak pinnacle moment of that scene is him thanking him for accepting thank you for accepting me and then if he goes ahead and does this thing that we think he's gonna like if it's plant pans out the way we think it's going to he's basically saying i don't accept you anyway all right let's move on to the really cute flirting montage (laughs) i just noticed when he throws salon that's note with i want to eat you (laughs) like he gets shy like he's surprised himself it's so cute yeah well it's so funny too as well like he's he's living to get a reaction out of him just like the start of their relationship only this time it's a completely different reaction that he's after and i love how he knows like what you're saying like he knows how cheesy he's being like you see it in a couple of times and that's one of them like and he cracks himself (laughs) up like he's so amused by it and everything and but he's still just going there because he's having so much fun and he's loving it and he's loving as well that he's finally getting a reaction from salom and he's like he knows it's he knows it's cheesy he just doesn't give a fuck he just loves it yeah yeah and also in that moment uh in the bathroom at the end when He's like, you healed my heart or whatever. And then they both laugh. It's just like. Yeah, because they know how they know how cringe it is. But it's just like, I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. And I love yeah. I love how he had like on 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 the, the folder name, like for their assignment or whatever on the, on the USB is like Salome is cute. Salome is not. 
it's like having Salomis Nardak as the file name was just like, and it's so funny because like we know what Nardak means. Like even without with the, without the subs, I knew like I read that, yeah. and I was yeah. just like, yeah. oh, that's so cute. Like I'm like, wow, this boy is so god. There's just too much that I love about this episode. I love how um, they actually went and had this. They they dedicated the whole episode to Kang atoning for his mistakes, for his wrongdoings to Salem's friends, and, and I like like they included the friends as well, yeah. his friends. Yeah, and this. I loved. Uh, yeah, and it's cool too because they saw him like he was like the worst of them. Because even like when you think about it, like if we go back to like when he's like wanting to get revenge on Salom in the beginning and he's like, you know, comes out with his plan for the gun and everything and his friends are like, whoa, that's too much. He's a leader. Like, he's this very charming young man who oh, yeah. knows his way with people, who knows how to convince other people to do what he wants and just, yeah, it makes sense that he's the leader and they, they followed him. Yeah, but I, I love... And I now they announced that now they follow him as well and yeah. just, you know, go and with I, the flow. That's right. And I love in their... I live in that scene, though, how they're just like, wow, that's a bit much. Let's dial it back a bit. <laughs> like, you know. So it's like, Which you know sense? when you... You know when your group of bully peers are going, yeah, that's too much. It's time to stop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, 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 yeah gun the gun scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so... And then, of course, like, them witnessing him, witnessing him be like that as well. Because... They probably haven't seen him like that either. Like he's he's kind to them, but like, you know, he doesn't really stick his neck out for anybody, or he's not going to like go out of his comfort zone. Or like, this is a completely different side to him. I mean, like even his even Salom's friends could see that there was something like that he was so different. Because I just I love how guys yeah. like I love how they're like, what did you do to him? And, and Salom's like nothing. But then he's all like. <laughs> Yeah, and then he says, "Yeah, I I can see that he actually changed, and that's why I approve yeah. of him." Yeah, you can do- you can date him. I'm like, yeah, okay, thanks for that, Dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was like, "I approve." Yeah, but it's like so impossible not to notice how much he changed. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I feel like his friends are superficial as well to a certain extent, and their friendship is superficial. So, like, he doesn't- you know, I felt yeah, yeah, because you know, I felt kind of uncomfortable during that scene in the bar. Khan kind of went back to this default mode in a bit. His demeanor was a bit different. He behaved a bit differently. Like he wasn't really his real self. The only time that when he it felt like he was himself in that moment when they were seated at the table was when he asks Otto, "What do you think? Do you like it?" And at first Otto says no, and then you you can see this mask falling off his face for a moment and then he puts it back on when uh, Otto says like no actually yeah yeah I like it blah blah because mm. yeah. he, he felt different and then when he's with just with Salom he's himself again but before that like he's different he's just yeah. I think we're I think we're meant to see that though because there is this distinction between them and their like little bubble and everything and I feel like I feel like as I said like his friendship with his friends in comparison to say like Salom's friendship with his friends is completely different it's so superficial they don't really know like they don't know anything deep about him but I feel like the good thing about this is I'm hoping we'll actually get to see their friendship become a real friendship yeah because even with when he was with Salom's friends he was real he said the honest things direct things like I want you guys to like guys to like me I want blah 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 but when when Nava asked ask him Nava 
asks him what's going on why did you bring them here he was like he did not really want to answer he's like well consider this uh yeah but i feel i i wasn't too concerned about that though because i feel like that is in that instance there's he doesn't really have anything he can tell them essentially because basically salom has said he doesn't want them to know and also they're not actually together yet so like but he did enjoy them there he could have you know try to like guys i want us to become friends like the, the same thing that he said to to salom's friends in the beginning he could have said it to his friends oh yeah about being close with salom he and now like, he wants he, to yeah yeah i get he that yeah, he totally that. could have but I, because I, feel... people, but yeah, I love this i love what you said like it it's going to be fun to see him become actually real with his friends because he hasn't been with them even if no. In the last episode, when his friends made him uh, Bimfa's uh, partner for cheerleading, like he did not turn to them to say anything to them. He did not react at all because they don't have a real connection. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to see them actually become real friends. Well, I think it's also going to be fun to see them find out about uh, Kang and Salom because obviously Salom's friends like worked it out on their own and they were like, okay, well, this makes sense because like you've both been acting like as weird as fuck. Whereas from Kang's friend's point of view, like the last they knew he was like hung up on Pimfar. And the yeah. thing is, is before he was actually like acting like he was hung up on them, they just assumed that he liked her because they were good friends and she's a girl. Like they made an assumption about the fact that, you know, he, they like to spend, he likes to spend time with her because whereas like, it's very clear in the very beginning of the show that they are just friends. Like that's, that's the impression you get from them, from their interactions. There's nothing romantic about yeah. their interactions yes. at all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of this, this episode, they might actually know because they saw what Kang did for Otto. They saw how much he changed. Also the moment before the game when like, Kang was flirting big time with Salam and everyone was watching there. Everyone was watching them and listening to what they were saying. Oh, I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, like, for real, he's just like, I'm going to win the game for you. <laughs> <laughs> and Salam's like, I just win it for everyone. Making such a big show out of it. I know. It's like, it that's would be so surprising if they, if they, you know, continue to make fools out of uh, Kang's friends. I think they should know by now already. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is I feel like, I mean, obviously, you know the the hostile like the interactions between nava and guy are still like i mean they're hilarious but they're still there's still like friction there obviously but i feel like they're the kind like i feel like even if they make them a couple like they're still going to be kind of competitive or they're still going to be i feel like they're the kind of couple that would still have friction just purely and simply because like it's like a passion thing rather than like a you know what's funny i usually don't like scenes with uh, drunk people like yeah. to make a funny scene with drunk people the only one that I found funny up until now was have you watched Strong Girl Bung Soon? Oh yeah I love that show so yeah. much. You remember the scene with the cop and the main hero they get drunk and they have this funny interaction mm-hmm. yeah so I laughed a lot at that scene and then this one at first I was like oh my god okay they're going to be silly again, again you know but it was so funny and it was so cute because they just <laughs> the way they interacted like from being antagonistic to each other to just trying to just being gentlemen with each other like I'm going to save you no I'm going to save you yeah, but I love that that, but, 
yeah but my point I was making is is that even when they were like it was almost like kind of like semi-flirting they were still arguing about who was going to do what and I'm just like I feel like they're that couple you know like we everyone has like those friends where like they are literally like they will fight about like every every single thing like they will literally fight about like who's going to sit where when you go out to dinner or something and it'll be like really stupid and you you get to the point where you just kind of basically like block them out because they're literally always fighting and if they're not fighting you look over and they're like trying to like have sex on the table or something and you're just like what the hell because <laughs> like five minutes ago they were just like fighting <laughs> like they're that couple I reckon they're, they're interesting they're like this this episode made them more, much more interesting to me well they're slowly I mean it's like they, they'll let their guards down too as well now I guess because they don't have to be it's not there's not this segregation between them anymore but it's definitely interesting to see what's happened what will happen with the friendship groups as well I'm, i am but yeah i was just like there's there's just too much i loved about this episode like i i had to stop like even just the first part of the episode i could have gone on and on and on and on and on and on there's a few ons in there you could probably delete um <laughs> but i i could have gone on forever and i just feel like i love all of it i love how even when they're not together yet they're kind of on hold until he makes it right with the friends and that but I love how he's still like flirting super hard I love that Salome is like simping so bad and I love how like earnest he is about getting the friends approval and how much it means to him and how like hard he's trying and how serious he is about it because the last time we saw him being this serious as well is when he was doing the tutoring thing because he was so afraid of Salom getting hurt again and wanting to protect him and we sort of getting the same sort of intensity again from him. It's like when he loses the game at the end, it's like, you know, obviously he's probably disappointed because he lost or like whatever, but he's like, he doesn't even really seem like that bummed about it from that point of view. I mean, it's like, he feels like he let Salom down, but more importantly, he's like super bummed that like he let Guy down. Like he's so concerned about what Guy must be thinking about him. And I know obviously, like the goal was to make Salom's friends like him so that Salom would go out with him. But at this point in time, like you can tell he actually gives a shit whether or not Guy likes him. Um, like as a friend. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? Mm. Like everything that he does basically Kang is on a mission in this episode and he mm. behaves like he doesn't care how he looks how, because he has the Siloam approved stamp on himself and he like oh, you know, does all this uh, <laughs> crazy stuff. But anyway, basically all the things that he does in this episode end up in failure. He wants to help them buy stuff. Failure. He faints. Like, mm. it's bad. He wants to get Otto to, you know, have fun in a bar. Failure because they get into trouble. He wants to win the game to get guys' approval. Failure because he loses a game, right? Yeah. And, and in the end, this is basically that thing from the beginning again. I I uh, did not get to score, but he won the big game because mm. he did get the approval. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, this Even is though the thing. he did not score. This whole episode is that is that thing that he says at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like he did not score in any of these things that he tried, but he won the fucking big game. Yeah, I yeah. love this. Yeah, it's clever, and it's like he he's friend, like when guys talking about it as well. It's like he's just like. He's kind of like baffled, not baffled, but he's just like, you know, we were just testing him. He's like, 
clearly he's changed <laughs> like because he just tried so hard you know like and it's funny because it, you know as you said what you're saying is completely true and it's just it's but it's so interesting to me though as well at the same time that he is all twisted up inside about like you know the the, the big game so to speak but it's mm-hmm. not because it's not it's not because he lost necessarily it's just like Somewhere along the line in this episode, what's important to Salom became, like, so important to him. And so, like, these friends, we know that Salom's friends mean a lot to him. I mean, that their, their whole relationship started because of how much Salom's friends mean to him, you know. Yeah. And so, like, he gets to get the friends on his own, even though, like you said, he fails. But he bonds. Like, he might fail. Yeah. Like, he fails, but he wins. So, okay, so, for example... Yeah. It, with the scene where, um, you know, he takes Otto out, they get into trouble, but he rescues Otto and they bond. They bond over this, like, moment. Like, I loved that scene so much. The little, like, taps and pats and, like, hugs and arms around the shoulder. Like, I love that so much. And I love, like, when he went over to, like, I just love the whole scene where he, he does it. Like, um, he's because he he knows like Salom's gonna go. He knows Salom can't go because Salom will get into trouble. Like there's already one person who's getting into trouble. You know, rich kids don't get into trouble because you know money talks, right? So he he goes, and I love his friends. Follows reaction. his tutor. <laughs> Sorry, he follows his tutor. Yeah, that's right. He follows that's his example. Himself. Yeah, he's led yeah. by his example. That's correct. I loved how we saw the friend's reaction, you know, his friends and Guy. And I love the, the bit with Salom, how we see Salom, where he's just like, <laughs> that's why I love him. Like, it's so his reaction, like his face is perfect. Um, oh it's like, it's like, it's like one, acting here is just like, oh. Yeah, it's like one quarter, like, damn, my man's fine. And that's why I love him. Like, it's like, it's coy, but also like, nah, you know, what I think it's, it's so, it's such a pity, but, that Kang did not see that look on, on Salom's face, but it's also a good thing that he, because he would have died like out of overdose for approval overdose or something. Like, oh, yeah. He would have died. Would've, it would have brought him to his freaking knees, man. Like for <laughs> I just love that whole scene with Otto. Like I, I love the moment when he goes over to him and like Otto's reaction to him being there and everything, because obviously he wasn't expecting that at all, and it's just. So I love like he, but he, so he, he may have failed in like his execution of that. Like he failed obviously with the shopping thing and then he failed in execution of this, but like by doing what he does, like he bonded with Otto all on his own. Right. And then now for Guy, they're forging this relationship together because they have shared interests. They have football, you know, like he fails at that. But at the same time, he impresses Guy because he's tried so hard. And also like, I guess he, he also sees like the other shared interest they have obviously is Salom. And so seeing how hard he's trying to force Salom is enough for Guy. Like I say, yep, okay, seal of approval. But yeah, yeah, I just like, as I said, he he broke my heart all over the place in this episode. And when they finally got together, I was just like, yeah, okay, I'm done, mic drop. <laughs> I like, I really like uh, the characters Otto and Guy. They're really well defined. Yeah. Not so, not so much with the other characters, with Salom's friends. I feel like that's on purpose, though. I feel. I'm sorry. I feel like that's on purpose, though. Not yet, because we, because Kang doesn't really know them yet. That's why we don't. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I feel like that's why it's it's. I feel like that's why they're kind of two dimensional because we only see them through 
Kang's eyes and we see Narva through Guy's eyes. And with with the scenes with Narva and Guy, we see more about Narva than we do with his interactions with yeah. like he, his his scenes yeah. with Guy are way more telling than his scenes with yeah. Kang. Otto has this mediator character. I really love Otto. I really love his I know. Character. I love him so much too. So we were talking about in this episode how Salon, uh, how Kang is following his tutor, he's following Salom's example and all the rest of it. And then earlier yeah. we were talking about this unbending, unyielding uh, Salom in his, you know, integrity, in his, like, whatever. And I feel like the ultimate goal of this <laughs> show, besides, like, their bad romance, is going to be the fact that Kang is going to teach him lessons. Yeah. In how, oh yeah. I feel like I feel like Kang is gonna teach. It's funny because like it started. This whole thing started with, yeah. with Kang wanting Salom to bend and bow down to him, and I feel like it's going to end with Kang teaching Salom how to bend and but not break, not not degrade himself. Yeah. How to be flexible because he's now, rigid. He's rigid as fuck. Like yeah. he was ready to to fuck up his life because he didn't want to say sorry to Kang in front like, because yeah. he did not so feel basically he, yeah I feel it's like he's gonna, fucked Kang's up. gonna it's yeah. exhausting yeah Kang is going to teach him how to bend without compromising himself sometimes it's okay I mean it's it's honorable and everything but sometimes just like that conversation from uh, not me between White and Sean where do you really like Sometimes it's better to try other things and not be really drastic about things because you ultimately want to get to your goal, right? Yeah. And if you just become the victim or the martyr, you're not going to get that and it's not going to matter. So you need to be smart about something, but also be flexible. So Mm -hmm. this is what Salom, he he has his arc. He needs to undergo this change. The way Kangxi changes it's so easy to see but uh, with Salom it's a bit more Mm. complicated but it still has to happen yeah I feel like it'll be really interesting though as I said if it's Kang that influences these changes if it's Kang that that teaches him these lessons because and whether it's his feelings whether it's like hurting Kang that like does it I don't know but like I feel like that would be a really interesting you know this spin on the whole teacher tutor thing because let's face it like there is that whole thing about the student teaching the teacher um yeah so and and I feel like he's very much as, as we said he's very much following K- uh, Salom's lead in this like he he knows that Salom knows more than him that he's smarter than him that he is more moral than he is and all the rest of it and also he just wants his approval and he wants you know whatever but I feel like at some point like we're going to get to these these stages where these things are going to happen and he's going to be like I love you but you're wrong yeah you know, and I, I'm kind of living for that a little bit. As much as I'm, like, scared to death of it, I'm, like, I kind of really, like, I'm going to live for it because I really want Kang to have this, like, agency and realise yeah. that, like, you are not always wrong. You're not always the fuck up. Like, it's not always your and fault. And he's not always correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I can't wait for that for sure. No, but, yeah. Another funny thing, another funny thing that I noticed mm. is, you know, we had two kisses you would say three kisses but i say two kisses but all, all right all right i will include yours like the one that just is a kiss but i don't think it's a kiss the first kiss was forced yeah the second kiss was fake the third kiss was first 
Mm. All the kisses up until now were fucked up. Yeah, we still don't have our real kiss. I'm like, I'm still, I'm still bitter about the cops arriving when they did. I was like, they could have waited, waited like two minutes. We were so close. Uh, I was just so sure that it would have, it would, would not happen because they showed it in the preview, and so far they've been very good with hiding all the best stuff. Yeah, well, I feel like as well, like honestly, they're not really at the point where they would kiss, like in the middle of a club. I mean, especially at that point because their friends don't know either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they first. Yeah, they first need to do it in their bubble. Yeah, that and I feel it happens in their bubble at first. And I then... feel like we might get it next weekend because it looks like there's a really cute, like you know, hanging out together in the bedroom kind of. Um... Yeah, that the next episode might be the last happy, as if as if any of the episodes up until now were one hundred percent happy, but th- the next one may be the last one that's actually doesn't have heartbreak and. Just... Well, I'm like, I feel like I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna feel the same way about this show as that I thought about not me, where I'm just like, there's not Break enough, me, there's there's not enough episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like I like you know normally you don't want a show to go too long because then they ultimately will fuck it up and piss you off and yeah. then you're like you you're you're angry and you're like ah, why did you do this? This is not how this show was meant to go. <laughs> um, yeah. In my obsessed brain, this is not how I wrote this show. No, um, <laughs> and so like you, the more chances you give to fuck it up, chances are they're going to. And so like I, on one hand, I'm like, eh, I don't want to just finish it. It's whatever. I want to watch it. I want to enjoy it. It's done. But on the other hand, it, they're so good at what they're doing at the moment, and it's so like I want a couple of episodes. I feel like the biggest flaw with dramas, and it's like it's so consistent, like across the board. It doesn't matter whether it's a Thai BL or a Western drama or a Korean drama or like whatever. Like I feel like they all suck at giving you the what happens after the happily ever after. Like I want to watch the happily ever. I want to watch the after. <laughs> you know, at least give me like two episodes in the after, because I'm like, you know, like my mom and I just recently watched a K drama. I can't think what the hell it's called. I think it's called No One or None Other or something. I don't know. It's about a mother and daughter who who live together. Like the mother had her daughter when she was like in high school or something. And it ends good. Like the couples are to like are gonna be together and everything, but like it ends with them all apart. And then that's it. And they literally could have done an episode where like they went and did their thing because it's like a like they're going on journeys of self discovery or whatever. It's like they could have done that and then like either given you like 20 minutes at the end of the episode where it was like you know a year later or like whatever or like a whole other episode where they're like reunited like it wasn't satisfying it was a really good show but I was like I felt like underwhelmed by the ending because I'm just like that's great but I want to I want to see them like I don't care if it's I guess some people think it's boring to watch them get up and like make coffee and be you know cute together I want to watch them be cute together and make coffee like I'm I'm there for that and so this kind of drama, like you said, we're, we're, we're probably going to get a little bit of happy and then I feel like there's going to be drama, drama, drama. I really hope that we at least get some happy at the end. But, like, I feel like the, the, the closer we get, like, because what, what have we got left now? Five episodes? Like, that's nothing. Yeah, I'm concerned. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like, let's just not talk about that. I've got I've got a couple more things that I can quickly chuck in here and then I, I reckon I'm pretty much done. But okay. I love the scene on the bus, like as you were talking about earlier, where they stand up on the bus. Like, Kang is such a psycho. He's <laughs> the t-shirt thing. It smells so good. Like, I love it. It's really I funny. 
because but it's really fun. it's so real though come on it is <laughs> why is everyone so obsessed no i mean it's it, i am obsessed with this moment because it's so cute but at the same time it is real that's what you want to do right i mean yeah come on, come on. I, i'm like it's just it's just so funny to me like i i loved it but it's really but the thing that's really amusing to me is i really when i saw this scene because this scene's in the trailer i believe when i like the series trailer when i saw this scene initially I expected this scene to happen before they acknowledged their feelings. Like, I felt like it was going to be one of those scenes where, you know, they fall into each other and then they have this moment and it's like that's when they realise they have, like, this realisation of feelings or whatever. But instead, I don't know, mm-hmm. I feel like this was way more perfect. Like, I loved this. It was just, yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. whole bus yeah. scene was... I like the way it is. Yeah, this whole bus scene was, like, gold. Like, it was gold. It was perfect. And I mean, amazing. also, what's funny that when the bricks hit and Salom falls into Kang's hand, hands, arms, no one else falls. No one else falls into that direction. So, um, and I just love it's like it's why <laughs> I've literally got written in my notes: falling once again, Kang rescues him. Like it's just it's just what happens. I was just like, if we keep having these moments where Salom falls into him, and I saw your post on Tumblr too, which made me laugh. Um, but if you know, if we keep having these moments where um, Salom falls into him and Kang keeps catching him, I'm totally waiting because at this point we've got cheesy like flirty Kang, and so I'm totally waiting for him to say something along the lines of like how Salom's fallen. For him or something because it'd just be so corny but it would actually it came out of his mouth it would be totally perfect because it was like it's, it's so true funny. it's just so ridiculous and it's ridiculous how i've seen this trope like i've seen this like cliche thing in so many dramas before and all i all the time i was like uh okay when does this end okay but here it's like oh my god it's so perfect yeah it's you get you perfect. get like it's- you get butterflies. You know why, though? It's because they've done such a good job of it. Like, the acting is so good. It's like this super awkward longing It's not going to fit the story. Yeah. Because it feels like it means something. It's not just there to be there. It means something and it leads somewhere. It just, yeah. just like, as you said, if they put it before they already know about their bad feelings, it would have been just a moment, a cliche moment. Oh, okay, this happened, you know? Uh-huh, it happened, okay. Mm. Let's get over it. Let's go to the next scene. But the way it just plays when they already know about their, their feelings, it means something. Yeah, and I think it's 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 about a bunch of things. So it's like it's about the fact that they're do it's happening in front of it's happening in front of their friends. It's happening after they already acknowledge their feelings. It's like you know they're just being Kang's being flirty. Salom's yeah. like teasing him, and I love how Kang's like, no, 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 and then Salom's like, no, 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 no. Oh god! <laughs> and it's just like the dialogue is perfect here, the direction's perfect, the acting's perfect, and the characterization is perfect. It's like, as you said, it's 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 done the right way, and it's it's yeah. like that. It's like that with the awkward long awkward pauses in the beginning. We don't feel we don't feel awkward, and we don't feel uncomfortable and like cheesy or like cringe because they don't act that way like you know like as i said i've said this before in other dramas when they do these things like one person is always like cringing themselves like you you get the secondhand embarrassment because one of the characters is usually like having a cringe moment about whatever just happened or whatever maybe you're supposed to be that character maybe you're it's like the avatar like your avatar because they're super aware that they're in a series. In a way, it makes you aware that it's a series. But here, it's just like you're immersed in yeah. this thing. And it's, it's like they're them. Actual... Not, we're not 
yeah yeah, yeah they're actual people and it's like yeah. it's and because they don't feel awkward they don't make us feel awkward about it like it's just really and and because they're and when they're giddy we're giddy like it's just it's so cute yeah. when I was watching this scene back where Guy tells Salome that they already know what's going on between him and Kang and that it's okay and everything and Guy and and like I'm watching this scene because I was looking for like little nuances and you know things like that about the way they're reacting mm-hmm. and acting in that because mm-hmm. I was super curious because I love this scene I thought this scene was really cute mm-hmm. and um I'm watching it and in the background between Salome and Guy is the senior who asked Kang to play soccer with them in the first place. And mm-hmm. he's just standing back there, totally looking at them. Not Everyone is standing back there looking at them in that scene. <laughs> no, 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 for real. You need when we get off from here, I want you to go and watch this bit of the scene and then and then ring me before I go. It's like four thirty. <laughs> it's like four thirty in the morning here, but I still want you to do it and then I want you to ring me because I want your reaction. Because I kid you not, once you see this, you cannot unsee it. And I feel like everybody should be in this party with me. So basically the senior is standing back there, he's like looking at them. And he's nodding his head like he's part of the conversation. And he's and I'm just like, <laughs> this is so fucking weird. Like I just I never noticed it and now I'm noticing it. Like he's interacting in this way and it's so weird. And it's like he should like he's a background character at this point. He's like just fodder for the scene. Like he should be interacting with the person standing next to him or like mm-hmm. I don't know, tying his shoe or something. He should not be like going, Oh yes, this is interesting. And I'm just like, like, why is he playing it this way? Like I'm like, the whole school's gonna know tomorrow. Like I'm just like, you have to watch it. I was trying to get, as I said, the nuances of the scene and everything because I love it so much. And he just completely pulled me out of the scene. I was so distracted but I think it was by intentional. him. I think it was intentional because I think it was intentional intentional because uh in the scene where Kang um when the scene where Salom gives Kang the water, everyone is watching them. It's like yeah, a show. This is, the this is, seriously, you need to watch this. It's weird. Like for real. Like I can't <laughs> I'm so distracted by him. I cannot unsee him and his like whole characterization of this scene. And I feel like everybody oh, should yeah, join me. Everybody, everybody, anybody listening, you should join me in my pain and rewatch this scene. And I challenge you not to be distracted as fuck by like whatever the fuck he's doing. Like I'm serious. I wanted to watch Salom. Like I'm like, and every time I tried to rewatch it, I just kept getting drawn to him because now that I've seen him, he will not go away. He's like a ghost or something. I'm like, stop haunting me. <laughs> but seriously, I challenge everybody. I challenge you. I challenge you. you. You watch okay. it and then call me. <laughs> okay, okay, I will. But you know, there are so many details in in the series that you need to. Once you notice them, it, everything becomes so much interesting. Yeah, so well, much more. I, interesting. I don't know. Like, if, they, if they start the episode next week and like the whole school knows they're dating, it's because that guy told everybody. <laughs> like, like, like for real that's like it's like he's like ooh. so this is the gossip this is some hot shit i wait till i tell jeffrey i mean it's yeah i don't know i was just like i don't i don't know where i got jeffrey from but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was just like oh my god what is going on right now <laughs> 
Well, that he's just like, oh, that's what the water bottle thing was about. Oh, they were having a lover's tiff. Oh, how interesting. Like, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like someone should do narration for him and, like, upload it for me. Because I need yeah, some sort of should do. I feel like the scene is ruined for me now. No, it's not. But, like, I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> or someone needs to, like, give me, like, um, send me that clip with, like, a black dot where he is. You know, like, you know, like when it's, like, um, like, police footage or something and they're interviewing a witness <laughs> like I need like a black dot or like pixelation over him so that I'm not distracted by his weird ass creepy behavior <laughs> and I'm sorry I'm sorry if for some reason the the actor of this ever listens to this like he never will but on the off chance that he did I I great job <laughs> <laughs> like, you, to- you totally stole that scene <laughs> oh no anyway <laughs> Yeah. And so that was it. I'm sure there's like a hundred other things I could say about different things, and I'm sure that we'll see stuff on Twitter and Tumblr. And I know. made so many little, like I made so many little comments. But if I start just talking about every little thing that I noticed in this episode, this podcast will never end. I want to actually watch everything from the start. Yeah, I want to put it into perspective. It's such a surreal experience, though. It's funny because I really want to watch it. Like, I would like to just sit and, oh, God, my hair is caught on something. I would like to watch it <clears throat> from the start as well, like, just as a as a casual viewer, like, in order, all together, you know, over yeah. a weekend or something, you know, so there's no way. Maybe, maybe I noticed something that was set up in the start and uh, I didn't and got pay, pay off. Yeah. But I... I also kind of really want to watch it in a really analytical way too, because there's so many things that we've noticed, like the doors and the bathroom and like yeah. this bubble that's formed and stuff. And I was thinking about it and I was like, the bubble is kind of a little bit there when the bullying is happening as well. Like, it's- You know what I want to see? I watched, I watched some moments from the first two episodes. I want to see that them in that room when the bullying happened. I don't know why, but I had this thought. I want to see them in that um, place mm. physically do something like erase that memory or something. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Like have like a positive memory instead. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Even, I don't know. Why. Even, even like just not, even if it's not just them, like even just like them as a group of, with their friends, yeah. like hanging out and having fun there. Yeah. Like get rid I of had this thought. Like make it untainted. Yeah. That's a nice, yeah, and that's also- a nice idea. I like that. I also want to listen to Salom's speech at the beginning of episode one because I, I actually jumped a little bit through the first episode, but I didn't, didn't really watch the scenes. I had no time. Mm. <laughs> but I want to really, really listen to what they're saying because, see, you, you wrote this thing today where you reference to Kang asking if he, uh, Salom if he's, if he's the hero and Salom answering that are you my heroine or something. Oh no, this yeah when the kiss happens, yeah yeah when he, the force kiss happens, he says something to uh, uh, Salom says to Kang something like, "Do you want to be my heroine?" I think, and then he kisses no him. no that happens that happens when they get out of the teachers. Um, oh, it does too when he pushes him up against the wall. That's right. Yes. yes, that's when it happens. Yeah, I love how I wrote this, and I'm like, I have no idea the context of it. <laughs> I knew what happened, but yeah, it's so funny because yeah, that's right. I did. I said, I said, I mentioned about how Salom asked him if he wanted to be his heroine, and it's like, well, it's funny because uh, he wants to be your hero. That is totally his 
jam. Like it's it's yeah, it's and also about. can can telling him that money can buy everything. And I I feel like all these things are going to all the things that they said in the first two episodes are very, to each other are very important. Yeah. It's gonna. I want to really, really yeah. To them I, I think and... I, yeah. I'm the same. I was thinking about that actually the other day. I was like, because when I said to you, I need, to, I still haven't rewatched this episode. I need to rewatch it and make some notes. I was actually like super tempted to not rewatch it and just go and watch the first few again. Um, because as I said, besides those things, I'm also super curious to see like when the door thing started, when the, when the bathroom thing started. Like, was there anything else that we missed? Like, and also like this as I said I feel like the bubble existed to a certain extent around the two of them because in a negative way not in a positive way like I want to see where it turns positive but because like we you know like it starts out with like them bullying um uh auto and everything but it very quickly just becomes about Salom and Kang yeah like the friends are just along for a ride at that point like they become fixated on each other and so in that it, it and a lot of the scenes are just the two of them like the scene outside the principal's office the scene in the lift the you know what I mean like the scene where um Salom punches Kang with his money um and all that system. yeah there's it doesn't so happen many, in that room yeah there's so many moments where it's just the two of them without anyone else interacting and it's I was thinking about, and I was thinking, that's really interesting that this bubble between them has kind of almost always existed, but it's just, it turned into something different. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, things to, things to revisit, things to like, I'm like, cause we clearly need more to talk about than we've already got to talk about from these episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think what happened in those first two episodes is either going to save them or become like haunt them in later episodes. I feel like the, the things that happen in the first two episodes are able to tell us the story of how this whole series is going to end. Like if you really read into it, mm. maybe we have the answer of how this is going to end in the beginning. I'm like, I, I kind of, I like, because we, we, we have like stayed away from the book, right? So we don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to wait and do the book afterwards. But like... And I don't want to know, but I also kind of want to know how the book ends. Like, I'm super curious because I'm like, <laughs> I, I need this to have a good ending. Like, I, I mean, I, already I'm assuming it's heaps different from the book. Well, I mean, I know some of it's the same because I accidentally got spoiled a little bit. But I... Don't talk to me about this. No, no, but I'm just like, but even from the... Don't, original, just don't, 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 don't mention No, 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 I'm just like, but even from the original trailer, it's different. You know, in the original trailer, the mother was alive and the father dies and oh. then... In the show, like the mother's dead and the father, like it's it's different. So I, I, even if you knew what was happened in the end of the book, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to use that. So I mean, look at not me, not, not me is like not, not the, it's like the character's name and the fact that black and white were twins and that's it. That's all she kept. <laughs> Pinucci's like great concept. Let's just put this here and set fire to it, um, and start all over again. And I love that. I love that for her bravo but yeah so we don't know we don't know what they've kept and what they've changed and i mean look at what they changed as well just from this scene in the you know like this scene this kiss this first technically first kiss kiss um from the original trailer that happened in the rain versus the one that happened in the toilet like it's different you know what i mean so we i don't know i mean they may have 
had a plan and then got to this point or something and gone, let's just throw it all out and start again. We, we have no idea how true they're going to be. So the book is probably kind of useless anyway. But I'm, I will be curious, like, once we've seen the end and everything, like, what actually happens in the book. It would fit the story. It would fit the story if it ends tragically, though. I know, but I really don't want to. And I'll be super angry because I hate tragic <laughs> shit. Yeah, of course. Like, I get so angry. Like, I mean, we already established this is super romantic. I want it to stay super romantic. But that, yes, but sometimes you can, can't really keep this super Although they have enough drama in their lives and to to make it very dramatic and not kill them in the end. Yeah. I feel like they can totally not do it. Because, like, they need to learn how to exist like together in each other's lives like in their lives are so different they need to be able to move within within the two or it'll meet in the middle or something like I don't know but yeah I just uh, I hope it doesn't I I mean I hate watching things that are tragic I I don't mind tragic like don't get me wrong I love tortured characters I mean I mean you know we were talking earlier about a book series I'd love to do a podcast on and that's like they're they're all freaking tortured in that but like I just, you know, yeah. I don't, I, I need it to end happy. I, or at least I need to know that they're going to be happy. I can't, like, I, I feel like, like, sorry, I feel like real life it, is so it, crap that, like, I, why would I waste time watching something that ends tragically if someone dies or someone, you know, like, I'll be Devo enough if grandma dies. If you, if you talk about a walk to remember, for example, I'm ready to watch it again, even though, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like. cool every time I watch that movie, like, for real. Yeah. I uh, I just I think there's enough external drama and internal drama as well conflicts to drive the the story and both characters I hope so Salom changes because if Salom doesn't change then it can be the story of how Kang changes and it can be Kang's story which means Salom could for example die in the end like it happened in uh, A Walk yeah. to Remember. But I think if Siloam changes as well, then it's... And up until now, we've seen both of their points of view, so it looks like it's, uh, you know, the, stereo, the story even. of both of them. Yeah, I feel yeah, the so... problem is, like, I feel like Kang's changes, I feel like if something had happened to Siloam, because a lot of Kang's, like, uh, image and everything worth is like tied up in this idea of being his hero and like be like I feel like if something happened to so I don't think he would like yeah I think he would be I don't yeah. know he would not be he would not be this king yeah. that we're getting now like he would not be the king that that Salom is falling in love with yeah oh yeah yeah that's yeah. So it would if, <laughs> if if something happens to Salom, this would be a true tragedy because it would destroy both of them. There would be no, there would be no like um. God, what's the what's the actor's name who's in um, um, Shane something? Is it Shane? Who's in a walk to remember? The character's name. Or what? Oh, what's the character's name? Landon. Landon. That's right. There'd be no Landon moment in this. Like it would just be, like. Yeah, set oh, fire yeah. to the universe. Like he would be go out in a blaze of glory, hunt down whoever oh, he hurt him, and just like end up either dead yeah. or like in prison. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, totally. Because yeah. He, because you know, like I mean, this is this could be this has the makings for a super tragic story because all you would need for this to be a super tra- super tragic ending would be for to like Salom to die and Grandma to die and Kang has like nothing. Yeah, but I hope Salom changes, and which means that it's the story of both of them of how bo- they both change for each other. And so... Uh, this went dark really quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I had this feeling, you know, because this is how it feels. This is the yeah. big, like, big, big romantic story. Yeah. The big romantic stories, most of them are tragic in the end. Mm-hmm. And this this story gives you that vibe. It reminds you... I, I told you at the beginning, like in episode four, mm. uh, about episode four, I have this feeling there it are, reminds me there of are, the Titanic and of two member and Romeo and Juliet and everything. Like yeah. it's just There are stories though where it is big epic romances, like for example, like one I mean it's way more restrained restrained because it was like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the time it's set in. But like say something like Jane Eyre. It's super tragic yeah. until it's not. <laughs> okay. You're like, eh, it is though, like it is. I mean like it's there's so many misunderstandings and um and all the rest of it and it could have ended badly like with tragedy and then it just but it doesn't they end up together in the end even though it's like i think he's like handicapped or something i can't quite remember it's been years it does kind of end tragically because i um i'm gonna okay we're not going to talk about jane i have a really (laughs) cool theory i don't know maybe maybe you know about it but it does end in a tragedy a little bit okay not tragedy but Mm, drama oh yeah this drama. tragedy is when everyone dies <laughs> but yeah oh, we did the like, yeah, drama yeah. and this one could end in drama as well it, it could have like a bittersweet ending yeah true i mean i mean i guess yeah yeah okay <laughs> i went off anyway now i want to talk about jane Eyre to you because when i had like okay <laughs> we should stop <laughs> okay jane is for another conversation perhaps we should just do a book we should just do a podcast series on like books or something that we love and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming they're all going to be tragic <laughs> i feel like that's, <laughs> that's our vibe um uh, but yeah <laughs> but um yeah i mean it's i have to read it again honestly <laughs> to have a proper discussion about it it used to be one of my favorite books but it's been oh my god so many years since i've read it Same. So I guess this is the end of this podcast, right? Yeah, this is definitely the end. We're 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 now talking about other shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was fun. It's always fun. Well, that was fun. At least for us, it was. If you made it to the end, I'm not sure if we should apologize or congratulate you. But thanks again for spending your time with us. Join us in the next podcast as we react to the next episode of Dangerous Romance. Please check out our Twitter and Tumblr at Critically OBS for all future posting schedules. Bye for now. I'm Mirella. And I'm Zoe and we'll see you next time.